Blog Talk Radio. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy sports radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can bet on. Guys, we've got a big show tonight. It is July 2nd, 2010. Uh, Let's get it going. We've got a lot to cover. Here we go. One bleeds red and one bleeds blue. Two friends, one heated rivalry. It's intense. It's no holds barred. It's game time. On Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio with your host Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Scott and Mike and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red vs. Blue Sports Talk Radio where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Give without self-pity 
allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation, and justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country, and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance. Under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools, too? July 2nd, 2010, uh, we have Independence Day coming up. I hope you guys had a great uh, weekend with your family and friends. I want to uh, implore you to do something this year, uh, something patriotic. Uh, help your favorite charity. I'll tell you, I've got, uh, I'm personally involved. Uh, with a charity that uh, is actually giving away a couple of cool prizes, uh, winthemustangs.com, and I'm going to plug it real quick for you guys, because look, at $3, you can actually get involved, and you can have a chance to win a couple of pretty cool cars. The proceeds go to Healing Heroes Network, uh, provides therapy to um, our veterans, our soldiers that are in the armed forces that were injured in the line of duty, uh, serving in Iraq or Afghanistan on or after September 11, 2001. Uh, providing services not covered by the Department of Veteran Affairs. So, listen, they're giving away a couple of cool prizes. WinTheMustangs.com. Over 90% of the revenue is going to support these programs. I think it's a pretty incredible number the way they've been able to do this. 1967 Shelby GT500 is one of the prizes. A 1967 fully restored Shelby GT500. And then the Patriot Edition, the big boy, 2010. Uh, Shelby GT, one of one car. This is sponsored by Ford Motor Company. WinTheMustangs.com. The proceeds go to Healing Heroes Network. You've got one hour left, guys. Uh, this contest is over uh, at midnight. Uh, the, win, the winners will be announced on 4th of July. You've got one hour left in this contest, uh, actually 53 minutes left. 
to join winthemustangs.com. Again, over 90% going to support the program. Pretty incredible uh, incredible deal. Three dollars gets you a chance to win those incredible cars, and uh, hey, it's it's for a good cause, and and you know, uh, make make for cool uh, cool gifts around this Fourth uh, of July, and you'll find out if if you won this weekend. Let's let's move on, guys. We've got a big program here tonight. Um, Glenn Schroeder is our guest, uh, one of the most accomplished players in our industry, and I'm going to bring him on right now from good old uh, well, Glenardia in New York, as the city of New York. Is that where you're at? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in Queens. Okay. Well, that is the city of New York. <laughs> One of the uh, more more familiar places, Glenn. How you doing tonight, bud? I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. I uh, it's a little late, but uh, you know, I think you you keep me up on Friday, so uh, <laughs> you know, good job there. Well, I'm doing it solo tonight, so I'm gonna need you uh, as much as I can uh, for the show. Maybe Michael pop in and and, and help out, but. Uh, We'll just have to we'll just have to wait and see where he's at and what he's doing. But Glenn, I want to I want to get you on, and, and obviously most of our listeners are already familiar with who you are uh, and your success. But for a lot of the listeners, I, I see a couple of names in here. This is the crew at Red versus Blue, the chat room here uh, that we affectionately call them the crew, and we've got uh, a couple of new guys in the chat room this uh, this evening. Uh, Cooper Harrison, welcome uh, to the program. A fellow Blog Talk Radio uh, host has his own show before ours. Cooper Glenn Schroeder is one of the most uh, successful high-stakes players that we have in the world of uh, fantasy football. And uh, I believe fantasy baseball, you're moving in on that territory too or no? Uh, I'm not as good in baseball. Um, I do play every year, but um, it's, I, I don't know, I just don't have the time for it like I used to. It's its very labor-intensive, especially Sundays with the free agency. Uh, doing any more than one or two leagues in baseball will pretty much take up your entire Sunday afternoon putting in the free agent pickups each week. Yeah. Well, but, I uh, to... yeah, I'm still plugging along. I'm, I'm uh, you know, in, in the hunt for some money, but you just can't make the same money in baseball that you can in football. Well, especially if you're you. <laughs> it's kind of hard to top anything you've done, and I, I want to just run by a couple of quick accomplishments. I know you don't uh, you know, want me bragging on you, but uh, 2009 – was an epic year for Glenn Schroeder. Um, NFFC Ultimate League, uh, second, second place overall with the most points, 17-5 back into your pocket. FFPC Big Payback League, one of the big ones, $10,000, most victory points, third place overall. Uh, obviously, various first, second, third place finishes in the main events and the satellites you, you mentioned, and then um, total 2,009 winners, if you don't mind me saying a hundred and ninety thousand dollars, over a hundred ninety thousand uh, dollars. You had to put up your, your your fair share of money to be in these leagues, but your profit was well, uh, you know, near a hundred fifty thousand dollars last year, Glenn. I'll, tell me, you know, you've got you've got a lot of leagues to manage. Talk to the talk to the guys here about how that type of money changes the what what you do in these leagues and and just how hard and difficult it is to manage that many. It really doesn't change anything. Um, I handle a, uh, a $25,000 league the same way I would a $200 league. Um, obviously, the, the pressure in week 16 is a little different, but uh, you know, as far as weekly managing and how I draft the team, it's the same thing. $25,000 league, you're, you're referring, obviously, to uh, the World Championship of Fantasy Football's uh, Big Daddy. Um, that's the one that uh, you actually took first place in that league. Is that correct? 
Yeah, um, that was uh, it was kind of a nail biter. Uh, I ended up getting into the finals in week 16 and didn't put up a very high point total, but uh, scored just enough. Actually, I I won my game in the final minute of the game on on uh, Sydney Rice. I had Sydney Rice and Percy Harvin going in the game, and they had done nothing through the first half. Right. I actually right. didn't think I was going to win it, and then Rice uh, caught a, a pass with about one minute to go in the game that put me over. So uh, that was that was pretty intense. That was definitely I remember intense. that game well. Matter of fact, that catch was a, an epic catch for a lot of fantasy leagues around the country because those guys had obviously carried us. And we're, we're, we're speaking, of course, of the Platinum League at the World Championship of Fantasy Football. It's a $25,000 entry fee. Uh, top prize is, uh, what, 125 or 150 What is the top prize there? 150000 Wow. What a nail biter! And who was in who was in that league with you in in that final game? Uh, Kevin Schiller, Purple Helmets. He goes by. Okay. Uh, good fantasy player. Wow! Did you call him up the next day, and or did he call you? Did, they, did you have you guys spoken? Yeah, we, we we've spoken we've spoken a few times. I actually saw him out in, in Vegas in March for the for the NFBC event there. Um, and yeah, you know, we we talked a couple of days before the. The uh, the weekend's games and a couple of days after and it it was it was pretty I don't know what other word to use it was just really intense I mean second prize in that league is sixty five thousand just still a ton of money but uh, you know you're, you're playing for a lot of money I, mean, I don't know how else to put it I mean you know coming in second place is is not a bad thing so we we actually talked about possibly splitting it but in the end we decided that we would just go at it and see what happened. Well, that's what I wanted to kind of uh, touch on there, and because you know that's the first thing I'm thinking on a big league like that. I mean, most of these times, you know, you are wanting to open up the dialogue and talk about a chop. I mean, that's what we do in poker all the time, and so you know, you you you, you guys initiate a conversation, and I mean, there's over two hundred ten thousand uh, dollars combined here. I'm thinking, man, okay, I might not be able to cash the one fifty, but at least I'll get a hundred. That'd be pretty, that'd be pretty good, right? So it's like, okay, look, guys, let's let's both go ahead and take ninety, and then play for the other thirty. Or something like that, you know. Kind of be creative about it, and you can pull it off. But what were you thinking when you were looking at rosters? You were looking at them side by side. I'm sure measuring all that up, trying to decide if that's a strategy for you, right? And so you're looking at yeah, your yeah. that you figure you have I'll, the edge. I'll tell you what. What honestly um, was was the the final decision. I mean, Ke- Kevin called me, and I actually was going to call him. So I, I don't want to say that he initiated the conversation, but really it was pretty mutual. I think we yeah. were both open to discussing it. Um, what had happened was Kevin actually finished second overall in the NFBC last year, which was, I think, $20,000. And uh, I was in the finals in week 16 in the ultimate and also the, uh, I think I had the leading point total through 15 weeks in the FFPC big payback. So I was in line for some other significant prizes in football, no matter what happened in that platinum league. So I think we kind of both sat there and said, you know what, no matter what happens this week, we're both going to be mega winners in 2009. Let's just play it out and see what happens. So we're talking to Glenn Schroeder, one of the uh, accomplished, most accomplished high-stakes fantasy players in the industry today. Glenn, you've got uh, you've got all this money on the line in the Platinum League, obviously, $150,000. So let's, let's fast forward to that, week 16. You're in several other leagues' uh, playoff championships. How do you how do you go about that? Obviously, you have to prioritize, right? These are the guys on my platinum team, 
that's your most important team, right? I mean, you've got other what titles you'd like to have, but this is the this is the big one, and these are the guys that I've got to root for, regardless if I have you know these are my opponents on other teams. Yeah, it it actually just kind of worked out that uh, I didn't have anyone on my opponents' teams uh, in in some leagues on my team in the other league, so I didn't actually fortunately I didn't have to deal with that, but. You know, like like I was saying before about the $200 leagues and the $25,000 leagues, you really just have to approach each league uh, equally. Um, you're, you just got to put your best team out there and not think about, uh, you know, I think you can really outthink yourself in, the, in those situations. So, you know, just, just put the best team out there that you can uh, and, and don't even think about the money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see your uh, slate of uh, leagues here for 2010, and I think everybody would kind of like to hear just a little bit of what you've got going on. Um, I, I mean, I, I got start. I see, I see many leagues here, uh, roughly 20 leagues at least, and then of course your your private leagues. You're you're, you're going right back at it again, and, and and going for gold again, Glenn. Yeah, I think. Uh, well, well, here's here's how I break it down. Um, these big entry fees, the 2500 and up entry fee leagues, there really aren't that many of them. Uh, if you go around to the different national contests, there are, probably, there are probably only about half a dozen leagues like that. And what's great about them is each offers great payback. Each one of, the, each one of them is offering a payback percentage of 90% or better. And, you know, you not only have to win these things, but you have to deal with taxes and uh, you know, well, yeah, obviously winning is the most important thing. But uh, you know, once you once you once you win this thing, you have to pay taxes on the money. So, you know, a, a seventy or seventy-five percent payback league, you're really not going to get the same rake as you will in these uh, in these big payback leagues. Even 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 if you get lucky. I mean, you know, if you if you win your league and you come in third place overall out of uh, 200 teams. You really didn't make that much money, you know. So I, I like the I like the chances of you know one out of 12 or one out of 14 to to uh, take home 20 grand, 40 grand, 150 thousand. To me, it's much better odds, and you know I think it's uh, it's a better game. We're listening to Glenn Schroeder and talking with him this evening. Uh, took in over 145 thousand dollars last year in profit. Uh, over $180,000 in winnings last year in high-stakes fantasy football leagues alone um, in the World Championship of Fantasy Football, the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship, and the National Fantasy Football Championship. It looks like another huge slate lined up for you again. Uh, Glenn, tell us a little bit about who, uh, for the listeners, tell us a little bit about who you are and, uh, you know, how this this occupation, this, this hobby turned into almost like an occupation here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh... It's 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 been a it's been a fantastic uh, last couple of years. Uh, um, I, I've I've been playing fantasy football since 1986. Um, we started doing play-by-mail leagues. Some company out in Washington. I think the the winner got a trip to the Pro Bowl. It was a hundred bucks or something like that. And, uh, and then we got I got involved in local leagues, and then um, the NFFC came around and. Uh, Wyckoff and FFPC, but I, I would say two years ago was when I really sort of stepped it up to the to the next level as far as entry fees, and I had a really good year in 2008. Also, uh, I 
Wyckoff offered a auction championship that year for a thousand dollars. If you win your league, you get five thousand, and if you win the overall contest, you get twenty-five thousand on top of that. So I actually won that. So I turned a thousand into thirty thousand, and I won a few other things. Ended up making about fifty thousand in two thousand eight. So I parlayed that money that I won in two thousand eight. Most of that money went into entry fees for two thousand nine. And did even better. So I mean, I'm I'm looking at this now as you, you got to kind of spend money to make money, and uh, you know I'm I'm going to keep going until something bad happens. Hey, you know the other thing is these these entry fees are a great write-off. Uh, you know you you can basically if I lose, I mean I have the tax write-off. If I win, hey, I have, I have the same problem next year as far as taxes. So you obviously have to, uh, most of us have family uh, to consider, and we'd have to show the wife, look, wife, here's what I'm doing, here's what I'm winning. This is not uh, play money here. This is a, this is an investment. Yeah, I mean, she, she's aware of my commitment. I think, uh, you know, it's, I think if the results were different, there'd be a different response. But, uh, you know, like I said, just, I mean, you know, if, if I, if I, had a bad year and then another bad year after that, well, you know, I probably wouldn't put this level of commitment out there each year. But, you know, like I said, as long as it's going well, I'm going to keep doing it. You're doubling down. You're listening to Glenn Schroeder, one of the high, uh, most successful, uh, accomplished high-stakes fantasy players in the industry right now. Glenn, I want to talk to you and, and, and get your vibe on this uh, this league that just filled um, this this ultimate league that you joined, uh, very high payout percentage in the industry. Talk to me about the ultimate league. It's a 14 team event. Tell me about what this, what oh, the payout obviously is appealing, but what do you think is, is, uh, are some strategies here that are going to work that you're going to be able to take advantage of? Well, one thing that's also unique about this ultimate league is it's 14 teams. So, you know, each team is putting up five grand. That's $70,000 in the prize pool. So, you know, right off the bat, you have a, a bigger prize to win versus a 12-team times sure. 5,000 where you're only putting 60,000 in the pool. So I, I really like that. Um, the, there, there's, uh, there's great potential here. If you, if you have the head-to-head title, you get your money back. If you get the points title, you double your money. So you can actually win the head-to-head and the points, get 10,000 for your 5,000 investment. And then whatever happens in the playoffs happens. You can get I think you can get up to forty-one thousand for your five thousand dollar investment, which is fantastic. Um, as far as specific strategies, uh, you know, like I said, just handle it like any other league. You know, draft the best team I can. Um, you know, it's uh, NFFC scoring. I know it's a little bit different than other leagues. It has the half point per reception for the running backs. And there's no dual flex. There's no uh, tight end one and a half points per reception. Anything like that. It's you know, it's, it's a, but it is a little bit different. Um, you, you gotta, you, you gotta really have a good bench in the uh, in these 14 team leagues because uh, the pickups are pretty rare. And um, you know, it's, it's a good field of players in this league. Um, but again, you know, I, I think uh, I think everyone's kind of looking to, to do the same thing I am and you know make some money here. Glenn, I wanna, I'm gonna put you on the spot here for a second because as, as I'm thinking about this contest. Um, there's a big, there's the, the, the big twist in NFFC is the third round reversal, and then obviously the KDS where you want to be in the draft. 
I don't want to ask you where you want to be because I don't want to put that out there to uh, you know uh, you know uh, ruin your chances here. But do you support three RR? Um, I do, uh, and I'll tell you why. Um, I think when it initially came out, it was to combat the uh, Tomlinson effect, which you know three years ago was pretty significant. If you had the top pick, you're yep. pretty much uh, secure in, in having uh, a, well, maybe not a playoff team, but you were going to be in the mix almost no matter what if you had Tomlinson back in his heyday. Um, what I think it does now is it gives people more options. There are some people that, you know, hey, i got to get Chris Johnson, i got to get Adrian Peterson no matter what the cost. Well, you're, you're going to pay a price for that now. But there are some people that still prefer it. Um, I know last year, um, despite the seeming advantage to having a late pick and getting that first pick of the third round, which is you know, usually at serpentine, usually the, the team picking first overall gets the first pick in the third round. In this 3RR thing, the, the team that picks last gets the first pick in the third round. I actually thought last year there was an advantage to the 3-4 turn versus the uh, Pick at the first, uh, pick, picking at the beginning of the third and the end of the fourth, the player concentration was was better. And you know what's funny? I'm seeing it again this year. There's there's some great player combinations at the three four turn again that you know you would really have to reach to get that guy at the beginning of the third round. So I, I think it's you know I'm really I think the only I mean I'll, I'll I'll tell you right now the only pick I really don't like is smack dab in the middle of the first round. I think you can get some great players at the end, and you know you can get three great players. You can look at it that way. Or you can get the lockdown running back and, uh, and you know, three very good players at the end of the second and then the three, four turn. Yeah, I think everybody does have that little bit of a fascination with that 28-29 area, but really what they should be talking about is 42-43 this year. I kind of agree with you with where that talent starts to drop off there in the mid-fourth. So uh, maybe, maybe that is maybe that's a, a good point that you bring up there, Glenn. Let's let, let's talk about a couple of the things that are going on um, in the industry. I, I asked you for a couple of uh, of uh, suggestions here for you know bus sleeper value. I don't know if you want to give those out. I haven't talked to you about it or not. I thought I kind of threw it out there. Uh, don't yeah, wanna, don't want you to have to throw your cards out too much. You know, Scott, it's early enough. But, you know, I mean, I think. You know, we're 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 two plus months away from from the really big drafts. So it's going to change. Anything, yeah, things are going to change a lot between now and then. So I mean, I I don't I don't I don't really have a problem with, with telling you how I feel as of July second. Well, as um, soon as you announce a value play, he's going to become overdrafted anyway. So <laughs> <laughs> he already might be. Uh, I've been seeing I've seen a few draft results, and uh, the guy I have listed at my value play is is kind of. Well, I, should, I shouldn't say that. I mean, he's he's sort of up and down as far as where he's being drafted. But uh, that guy is. Uh, I like Devin Thomas. I think he, um, you know, he's sort of getting taken after the tenth round in most leagues. But this is a guy that could be number one on his team. Um, you know, McNabb's going there. Their, their offensive line looks a lot better. Obviously, you know, getting uh, you know Williams and, and now Brown, they might have the best bookend tackles in the league now. Um, I, I think they're going to be okay offensively. And, um, you know, Moss is getting older. Um, I know they have the tight ends there. But, you know, Thomas, 
you know, that's the other thing. The values the last few years have all come at wide receiver. You look at last year, guys like Miles Austin, Mike Sims Walker, Sidney Rice, these guys all came after Raper. the 10th round. You know, and, and it usually, you know, for a running back to be taken after the 10th round to become effective, usually an injury has to happen, something like a Ricky Williams last year. But for wide receivers, it's it's just situational. Some guy will emerge, um, you know, some minor situational change, but usually it's the wide receivers that you get the value on in these drafts. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, my draft boards last year and saying the exact same thing. I'm thinking to myself, how in the world did I let Mike Sims Walker go to 16-1 and I took Buck Halter in the 15th? What? You know, I, I had Moreno, I wanted to back him up. I'm like, what did, I, what did I let that guy go for? And then you see all these guys down here that, you know, were drafted that late, like you mentioned, Percy Har- um, not Percy Harvin, but uh, Sidney Rice uh, in the 14th round. I'm looking at him like, what? I, I let him go to the to the 14th? Well, yeah, you did, because that's not what he looked like in the, you know, in, in the in the preseason. And then, you know, seeing, seeing these guys, uh, you know, who is that this year? You know, I'm, you've got um, – Hakeem Nix and, and, and Michael Crabtree. Somebody break this tie for me because, Glenn, I'm going to ask you, I love what I saw from Nix last year, the 47 catches, 790 yards, six touchdowns. But I look at Crabtree, and, you know, I, I was talking to somebody before the show. We're looking at his stats, and we're like, man, he started week seven, ended up with 48 catches last year. You extrapolate that off to the rest of the year. I mean, that's like four and a half catches a game. That, that's his floor. 75 catches is this guy's floor. Yeah, but be careful. Be careful with extrapolating those stats, though. I mean, uh, <laughs> you can get in a lot of trouble with that. But yeah. uh, you know, it's funny. You uh, you asked me some uh, some questions before we got online, and as far as must gets, I was actually going to say Hakeem Nix. I think of all the the rookie wideouts from last year, and there were a lot of good ones. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Macklin and Harvin were others, and Polly. I think yeah. Nix kind of stands out as the best of them. Um, you know, I think he. Uh, he, he's one of the reasons I, I think Eli Manning is going to take the next step this year. I think he's uh, Nix is is uh, just a phenomenal talent. He's got a nose for the end zone, and I, I could see him being a huge breakout this year. So uh, you know, fifth round, I think he's a great play. Well, I'm, I'm that, I've been trying to break that tie here for a little bit. Love what Nix brings to the table. Um, and, and you know what? In a case like that, Scott, go with the quarterback. I mean, Alex Smith, Eli Manning. You know, pretty easy choice there to me. That's a good point. That's a good point. I definitely think the schedule is something also that I that I try to look at. A little bit more difficult with wide receiver than it is for running back. But hey, real quick, I think we've got Mike uh, Mike Trent has joined us. Our our good friend from Brandenburg, Kentucky, Michael Trent. What are you doing tonight? Hey, Scott. How's it going? Uh, we're still at Churchill Downs. Just got done with the uh, last race. I've uh, just been catching the last bit of the uh, interview with you and uh, just want to check in and uh, say hello, and I'm going to uh, be along with the rest of the uh, rest of the show. How do you like How's it going? Yeah, we got, got, got Glenn Schroeder on tonight. We're uh, we're ecstatic to be talking to Glenn. We've also got uh, in a few minutes we've got Alex Kaganowski coming up of the uh, Fantasy Football Players Championship to talk about uh, the, the news uh, over there. Well, I'm sorry I didn't get to hear about uh, Greg's uh, events and what he's been getting into because uh, he's uh, he's always been one that uh, gets into a lot of them and uh, you know so I like I said I'm. I'm a little late on the come, but uh, uh, Greg, uh, are you having a having a good time with everything that you 
been involved with so far? I knew he did. Uh, it, Mike, uh, Mike, you okay? Mike, are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Oh, okay. I, I, heard, I heard some sirens or something going on. Uh, yeah, th- things are going things are going well. Things are going well. Um, what, 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 how many leagues are you in so far? <laughs> we, we we've covered that. You'll have to catch the podcast, Mike, because we have we we talk in depth about his leagues that he's in, and you're going to be blown away when you catch the podcast tomorrow about uh, his entries this year and injuries last year. We are speaking with Glenn Schroeder, uh, one of the uh, most accomplished high-stakes fantasy players in the industry right now. We also had uh, some big news uh, this week. I want you to touch on one of these two stories, Glenn, you picked. We've got Cedric Benson arrested uh, for that uh, for that violence. Uh, we don't even really know the whole story here. Who's at fault, him and him, or, you know, we're not really sure what the story is there. But we've also got Vincent Jackson suspended for three games, violating the league's personal conduct policy. Talk about which of those situations seems like a bigger impact to your draft this September. Um, well, well, Vincent Jackson is, is uh, I think, the bigger story now because we don't really know what's going to happen with Benson. Um, I mean, Vincent Jackson was a guy that in some of the drafts a month ago was going as a consistent second rounder. And now he's, I don't know what he is, fifth, sixth round? Maybe, um, you know, and he really, I think he, a lot of people were kind of counting on San Diego to be one of the better offenses in the league. I mean, you look at where, uh, you know, Rivers top, you know, six or seven quarterback, uh, you know, people love Ryan Matthews this year, rookie of the year candidate. You know, you take Jackson out of there, and, I mean, I think the offense is kind of not the same. Uh, you know, Gates is banged up also. I, I'm just, you know, I think San Diego, a lot of people are kind of high on them. I'm just not feeling them this year. And this this pretty much nails the coffin shut. I am uh, well, probably going to be downgrading just about all the Chargers now. It's a significant fantasy impact, isn't it? Uh, I mean, for Phillip Rivers, but, you know, we've seen quarterbacks excel without weapons before. Tom Brady uh, is a name that, Obviously, he's one of the elites here, but I put Philip Rivers at skill level, you know, and his vision and the decision making. I mean, it's always been at a very high level, and and Brady never really had the weapons. It was the system. Now he's got, he still has Gates, he still has uh, Malcolm Floyd, and, and we'll see what happens with these other guys. But and he's got a running back coming in, and, and you know, North Turner loves to run the ball, but some part of me wants to say that Rivers can defy the odds here and lose his top wide receiver and still still have himself a top five year. Yeah, and the other thing is they lost their all-pro tackle. I mean, he's holding out or unsigned or whatever the deal. And I think, you know, there's there's a lot of – I mean, I know they, they kind of cleaned house this year and, you know, some guys left and some guys traded away or whatever. But I think they're – you know, I, I just don't see them as a playoff caliber team this year. Just not feeling it. Yeah, it, it's when I look at quarterbacks, and I want to talk to you about this because you're in these, uh, you, you know, let's let's talk about the ultimate league again. You're you're thinking about where you're going to draft. If you want to take advantage of the early part of the 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 the, the, the round or the latter part with that three RR and the KDS, and you you have uh, six points per touchdown in the National Fantasy Football Championship. How how does that affect you? Are you are you somebody that will 
ensure that you have a good quarterback before you ensure you have a good tight end? How does that how does it usually work out for you, or is it always different? Um, I, I think you know that, that actually came up on the on the Sirius XM show the other day. Um, I think this year, probably more than any other year, I'm very comfortable with the back end quarterbacks as a number one. I think you know maybe, maybe you know ten years ago you had those awful draft classes with like Akili Smith and Caden Count and Tim Couch. I mean, those guys were horrible. You know, you look at the last four or five years of drafts, there have been a lot of high-profile quarterbacks that have worked out. Um, you know, you, you go down the list of your top 15 or 16 quarterbacks, and they're all, or not all of them, but a lot of them are first-round picks from the last few years. So I think what that's done is it's it's strengthened the position to the point now where you really can't wait. I mean, yeah, if you, I don't think you're going to get Rodgers or Breeze or Manning at a good value, but I, I think you can get a good value on someone like Flacco or Eli Manning. So I would wait, even with the six points. I, I see I see seven quarterbacks this year that are capable of being number one, and, and I don't think I've ever remembered seeing seven that I thought, man, he could be number one. I mean, I look at Rodgers, obviously Breeze, uh, Manning and Brady, right? That's your four. But and I know you're not high on Rivers, but I put him in that group along with Romo and Matt Schaub, just with the with the fantastic weapons and, and offense that those guys are in. I could see any of those guys sneaking up there this year and, and taking over that top spot or being an elite quarterback. And I, I just hate to think that half of the league, half of the league could have an elite number one quarterback, and I'm going to take a chance on a guy that I hope makes the top ten. Well, you can take two of them. I mean, you can, you can comfortably take two of them. I mean, you know, that's the thing that a lot of people miss about backup quarterbacks. Most people take a backup, um, you know, 10th round or something like that. And the guys are taking in the 10th round are, are you know, Alex Smith, uh, Vince Young, Chad Henney, Matt Castle, guys like that. I mean, why not spend two mid-round picks, maybe like a seventh and an eighth, and get, you know, Flacco and Matt Stafford, or um, you know, even take Roethlisberger. You know, take it, maybe you maybe you get a, you know, a starter with a, you know, week five or six by or later. You know, don't take Favre, but take like, you know, take like Flacco, take Flacco and Roethlisberger. You know, I mean, you've got two very good quarterbacks. Then. Mike and I have been trying to crack that NFFC nut for the for the year since it's opened, and we haven't been able to do it. And and maybe that's our problem. I'm I'm taking notes here. <laughs> I need to figure out what it is with quarterbacks because I tell you what, I think I always get outscored at the quarterback position, and and I think it's because I do I fall exactly into that trap that you just mentioned, where I'll go ahead and take my serviceable guy late, like I won't I won't spend my you know top pick on a quarterback, and so I'll miss out on the elite quarterbacks, and so I'll end up with like a Matt Ryan, and I'll be like, okay, well I have Matt Ryan now, and then I just go for other needs, and I end up backing him up with like a. Matt Hasselback, if I'm lucky or something, you know, and 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 maybe that's my problem. Yeah, but are, are you going to pass on a you know an elite talent or a potential elite talent at wide receiver in the fifth, like a Keen Nix, to take your uh, you know Jay Cutler or someone like that? I mean, those the other quarterbacks. Yeah, he's very good at. You know, why, why not wait a little? Get you know load up on receiver, right? It's, I mean, this is the, the age old strategy, but you know, I think this year more than any other, you can really wait and get some, you know, get two very good quarterbacks. 
Right. Well, uh, first off, Chad, uh, it's good talking to you, and, and you too, Scott. And finally, at least you remember my name. Talk, I'm settled in. Uh, you know, it's it, it's funny because uh, I've been drafting in these 77s, and uh, you know, there's uh, there's a lot of options available uh, as you continue to see the draft. Uh, you know, I've only got one quarterback, and I'm in. I'm in round ten, and my quarterback is pretty solid in Drew Brees, so I can, I can hold off on that. So now I'm trying to look for position players, and that's what what we're going to be looking at for the uh, main event. And you know, it's going to make it uh, make it a little bit difficult to, uh, well, a little bit tougher to see what see what you want to get and uh, when you want to get them. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point. <laughs> Glenn, uh, you know, let me ask you another question. If you take an elite quarterback, if you do end up finding value, you're like, man, okay, I'm not going to turn this guy down here, and Aaron Rodgers falls, so you're like, okay, I'll take him. Um, if you take a guy like that, is there, a, is there a reason to spend another pick on a quarterback, or will you just wait and wait till free agency comes into play and then grab your, your bi-week quarterback at that point? Well, you want to know, it's funny, last year um, the, uh, the NFFC has the uh, draft champions. I think it, just about every contest has a draft experts, draft masters, and NFC yeah. calls it draft champions. So last year, I I, uh, I think I had the 11th pick out of 14 teams, and I I ended up taking Drew Brees in the first round, and I am one that never takes a quarterback early, and especially in the first round, and, and you know a lot of people were very surprised by the pick. And then, you know, the thing in the DCs or, or draft masters or draft experts is people tend to take their quarterbacks, even their second quarterbacks, very early. So I rationalized if I take an elite quarterback, I don't have to take a, a backup until very late. So what I ended up doing was I took Derek Anderson, who was a backup at the time, Josh Freeman, who was a backup at the time, and uh, I can't remember who the other quarterback, but Breeze had a week 10 bye last year, if I recall. So, you know, I kind of chanced it that one of these guys would eventually emerge by the time Breeze had his bye, and it worked out. Um, you know, I ended up getting, uh, I think Freeman actually outscored Breeze in one or two games, and Derek Anderson ended up being the starter. He was pretty bad, but, you know, at least I was getting some points there. So, yeah, if you, if you take an elite quarterback, no reason to take your, your backup for quite some time. So, so finish that point and talk about when. At what point do you? Uh, is, is there a serious strategy that that says I have to have a, an elite tight end? If you're not so worried about the quarterback, then you're you're grabbing your tight end, then, and that's an important position for you. Yeah, um, and, and again, you know, it depends on the game. Uh, you know, it, it becomes more important contests like FFPC where you have a point and a half per reception. Right. Uh, the tight end is very important, and. You know, I think one thing I've learned is to get an elite quarterback and an elite tight end very rarely works out. Um, it, it can. I mean, I think in that big payback league last year, I had Aaron Rodgers and Dallas Clark. I think I spent fourth and fifth round picks on those two. I mean, you know, you get the number one quarterback, and I think Clark was the number one tight end. It worked out, but it almost never does for some reason. Usually you get something like Tom Brady and Jason Witten, and it's a disaster. You know, like two years ago. Well, Chad, That's I, got, good. I, I got a real good question for you. Uh, if if you have a uh, say a tight end like a Keller or a Winslow, or uh, say a Shianko, uh, 
in a draft masters league, should you, in my opinion, uh, and I'm going to ask you right now, should you worry about drafting another tight end or just uh, clean up the slot? Yeah, those guys are usually, I mean, quarterback and tight end, they kind of play it the same way. If I didn't get an elite option at the position, I tend to try to get a second guy that's pretty good. Like something like, uh, you know, uh, Shanko and Carlson might be a good combo. I don't know if the bye weeks work out, but something like, you know, two guys that are sort of on the tail end of the top 16 or 17. I think if you look at the tight ends, it kind of falls off after Keller in my rankings. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a big yep. gap after him. Um, exactly. So, I mean, you know, if, if I if I if I get uh, you know if I'm if that's my starter, I want two of those guys. I want like you know Heath Miller and and Winslow or something like that. Mm-hmm. I want two of those guys. But if I have Dallas with- Clark, I'll I'll wait. You know, I'll wait for my backup. Yeah. We're talking with Glenn Schroeder, one of the most accomplished high-stakes fantasy football players in the industry today. Over $190,000 won in 2009. Glenn, I'm going to put you on the spot before you go here. Um, Who is, in your opinion, the best high-stakes fantasy player in the industry? Um, Of of any price point? I mean, what what do you consider high-stakes? Any main event or ultimate league or... Platinum League, or what? What price point are we talking about? I, I would think a high stakes player is uh, constituted by someone who plays in the high stakes events. The main, at least um, the main event. Someone asked me this once last year, and I'm I really don't have an answer. I think what it comes down to there's probably about there's probably about two dozen people that that everyone knows and those people get in your league, you kind of, you know, hands to the, hands to the face kind of thing. You know, know, damn, why does that person have to be in my league? You know, the the worst thing is you get two or three of them in your league. That happened to me a couple of years ago in Vegas. Um, But, you know, generally speaking, I I don't want to, I don't want to single anybody out and say they're the best or, you know, or or vice versa. That person is the worst. Um, But, you know, I think you, you really – everyone kind of knows who those people are, and I don't really want to get into to who is the best because I think really – I mean, any of those two dozen or so people are going to be very competitive in every league they're in. Well, is is Glenn Schroeder in that top five? Um, I – you know what, and that's another thing. You know, there are some people who – I've had fantastic Glenn. runs in the past. I mean, if you go by recent history, yeah, I've, I've won a ton of money the last two years. I mean, if you want to just go by how much money have I won, my winning percentages, things like that, yeah. You know, I, I put myself, I, I'm sure I've won more money than just about anyone in the last two years, but, you know, am I, the, am I in the top five players? I mean, recently, yes, but if you take, uh, you know, three or four years ago, no. So, you know. I guess what have well, you we, done for me lately is the is the motto here. What have you when done will we see like when will we see a two time winner, Glenn? When will we see somebody cross over that barrier that has won one of the major high stakes events and either wins it again or wins another? And will that person at that point be the number one player? Um, well, I'll tell you what. Um, you know, unfortunately, a lot of the the, the overall contest formatting 
is, I think it's based on luck. I mean, you, you really get into this lottery-type situation where, you know, a team gets hot for two or three weeks at the end, and they, uh, you know, they, they, they end up winning the 100000 or the 300000 and and they weren't. I mean, the team that won the NFFC last year was, I think, the last-place team entering the playoff round, and they ended up having a phenomenal three- or four-week run, and he won 100000 So is that guy the best team? Did he have the best? The, the best three weeks of anyone? Yes. Did he have the best season of anyone? No. So, uh, I mean, I, I think a lot of this overall champion thing is is luck. You know, I mean, no no other way to look at it as far as I'm concerned. You just well, got to get to that position. That's, I mean, the people that get to that position consistently, I have respect for those guys. Well, and that's those leagues that you're in, the diamond, the ultimate, the platinum, those leagues, the big paybacks, those leagues are the leagues that, uh, we're waiting to see somebody emerge from those on a consistent basis uh, and take those crowns. I think that's a testament to uh, your ability to draft well. And then another thing is, you know, you see you see these guys that, you know, uh, bust on their first couple of picks. You know, last year I, I'm sitting here at the World Championship and I take Brandon Jacobs or I take LT in the first round. I take Brandon Jacobs in the third round and I still manage to squeak into the championship game. And, you know, those are the types of things. If, if, if guys, I can't do that consistently. But when you can, that that brings up my my thought process is when when you can bust on your early picks and still make something out of that team, that really shows you've uh, you've really accomplished something. And hey, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I, I've got I'm in this league, this football guy league. Uh, I've been in it for the last uh, four or five years. We put up twenty five dollars each. There's fourteen of us, and I've won it three years in a row. So, you know, I'm looking for number four. Hey, hey, Scott, you know, as far as that goes, I mean, it's you got to have the whole package. I mean, last year that, that uh, Platinum League team that won me the 150000 my yeah. second, third, and fourth round picks were Kevin Smith, Ronnie Brown, and Anthony Gonzalez. I mean, bust, bust, bust. But what did it for me was my seventh round was Thomas Jones, my twelfth rounder was Ricky Williams, and my fourteenth rounder was Sidney Rice. Wow. That is so, exactly I mean, what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you, 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 you got to have the whole package, man. Glenn Schroeder, thank you for joining Red vs. Blue, buddy. Come back anytime. We'd love to hear from you again. Hey, Scott, one thing I just got to ask you, uh, you know, I know you're on this diet, but make sure when I see you in Vegas you don't have that concentration camp face, okay? <laughs> I will not have that. I guarantee you. Thanks a lot, Glenn. All right, my man. Be good, guys. All right. Take care. Take care. Awesome, awesome interview, Mike. Glenn Schroeder, one of the uh, yeah. the most accomplished players, man. It's fantastic that he was able to make it on tonight. I've I've been wanting to see him on here, and, and I'll tell you, you know, we're we're I, I'm I'm the president of the Fantasy Players Association. It's been it's a very exciting time for this industry, and those are the guys that I want to introduce to the world. Um, that says, hey, these are the guys that are defining our industry for us, along with the contest leaders and the, the people who run those contests. Glenn Schroeder, guys like him. I think of the names Dave Gerzak and, and John Rozek and, and these, these these great players that are in our industry that are really making things happen. Yeah, um, Jules McClain. These, 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 these people are fantastic drafters. Well, they bring uh, they're fantastic drafters and they bring a lot of credibility to what what we do and what uh, everybody in here is listening to. Bring credibility, credibility to the sport and uh, what we uh, try to accomplish. Mike, who was who was that guy we just had on? What was his name? Glenn Schroeder. 
All right. Hey, we're gonna we're gonna move right on here. We, we we've got Alex Kaganowski coming up in just a couple of minutes, and we're 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 doing overtime tonight, guys. We're running till twelve thirty uh twelve thirty tonight. Uh, we'll we'll be running all the way to twelve thirty. Uh, Mike, if you have to go, you know I understand because you're you're having a good time tonight. But yes, I am. Uh, as, as long as and I was good to go. As long as you can stay with us, we've got Alex Kaganowski coming up to tell us the behind the scenes story on their selection of RT Sports. Uh, I'll I'll be here. But we're we're gonna go ahead and bring him on right now. I just I, I see he's in the uh, he's on the switchboard uh, right now as we speak. Alex, are you with us? I am, and, and and I tell you, I'm really happy that Mike still is as well. What's what's going on, Alex? <laughs> How are you, Mike? I'm I'm doing well. Just get I know just got uh, just got done with Churchill Downs and uh, having a good time. All right, all right, and and Greg was outstanding. I tell you, I mean. He, he really he is some player. He, he put it together. He put it together for us, man. I'll tell you what. Listen, we were uh, before before we get into um, what we want to talk about here tonight, Alex, and that's obviously your selection of RT Sports. It's a huge story. You're a fantasy player first. Before you're an owner, you're a fantasy player. And uh, we discussed, um, you know, just just like players do, we're sitting there uh, chatting offline, discussing strength of schedule for running backs. <laughs> in June, it was, it was, you know, it's the first of July, okay. And we noticed something that Frank Gore has like a cakewalk city schedule. Would you? How high would you consider drafting Frank Gore this year? Uh, I don't. I'm not sure if uh, Gore is going to break into uh, into the top four probably as consistently, even with the great schedule, even with the you know, much improved offense and the offensive line and, the, you know, the defense and the, the commitment to the run. I'm not sure how, how often he's going to be breaking through into the top four. But I think he may cement himself as uh, the fifth the fifth pick. I mean, you may we may be looking at the top five, uh, the big five, I should say, uh, running backs. You know, unless, barring, uh, there'll be a, a wide receiver sneaking in there, Andre Johnson or whoever, you know, if somebody wants to do that. Uh, but I think we may be looking at uh, the big five. Yeah, I think he. I think he definitely belongs in that discussion. It's been big four for for so long uh, this off season, but it's really building up some steam here for Gore. I'm in a, a world championship of fantasy football draft right now as we speak, and sure enough, somebody took Frank Gore over Maurice Jones-Drew at. Four. I mean, I took Ray Rice at three, thinking, "Holy cow! I can't believe I'm turning down MJD." I really did it because I own him in several leagues. I didn't want him all my eggs in one basket, but because I would normally take MJD over Rice, just with that disclaimer. But then to see him fall to the five owner, to see MJD fall to five, the five owner's got to be like, "Are you guys serious? You want to, you want to give me Drew at five? <laughs> it just doesn't seem right, does it?" Yep. Yep. Well, let's 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 move on, Alex. I want I want to talk to you about uh, we we obviously have been talking about this all week long on your board since you guys made the announcement. We originally uh, broke the news le- earlier this summer in discussing this uh, issue with you about your, uh, your the lack of a back end provider, and now that that decision has been made, RT Sports is your selection. And and so just tell us a little bit about you know let's take us all the way back to the beginning. I know you've got a lot to say tonight, but Take us all the way back to the beginning when you were first made aware that there might be a potential problem looming with my fantasy league. When did that happen? 
Um, all right. Well, I'll, I'll go back even further than that uh, because I, I think this is uh, in as as I've in my experience, uh, obviously from my end of it, uh, it's been really fascinating. Um, this specific uh, point um, of the industry, this specific uh, uh, little area of the industry, it, it has just been <laughs> has given us all types of headaches and. And, and has given us all types of just uh, I, don't, I don't know just uh, it, it really uncertainty and, and up to up to now up to the point that that we did decide to go to RT. But um, let me take you guys back to 2008, and, and I think the reason why it may be interesting to the listeners and to the players because I don't know how often this has really been discussed. I mean, I, you know. I remember um, back when you know World Championship of Fantasy Football was really the kind of the, the only the big dog and and everyone was playing that event and you know they they changed their um, back end provider a couple of times and I think the first time they were changing it you know everyone's really involved and you know why don't you use this one and use that one but you know there was really never really a discussion of what goes into uh, you know a let's say, a contest like that of that magnitude, uh, deciding of who they're going to use, um, what kind of, what what do they need um, as far as uh, in, in a back-end provider, um, just what goes into the decision-making, what goes into, um, uh, what goes into the decision-making. And when we uh, decided to launch the FFPC, uh, you know, that question kind of popped up I think we were, you know, we were already thinking about, uh, we were already on the way to to creating the FFPC, and then, you know, we started thinking, well, you know, where are we gonna, where are we gonna host the leagues? And at that time, uh, I think Lou, you know, Lou was uh, our third partner at the time, and and he said, you know, he said MFL is uh, really the way to go, and you know, we're like, okay, MFL, great, and then Mock Draft Central was uh, the uh, live draft provider. So we're going to go with Mock Draft Central as the live draft provider. Then the leagues are going to get transported to the uh, to the MFL software. Great, MFL was a great product, very flexible. Players are familiar with it. Wonderful, you know. Case closed. But then, you know, as we started thinking more and more about it, um, as we uh, it was 2008, and as we went further and further into really understanding what it was that we were getting ourselves into. Then we realized that it was a lot more to this than just saying, okay, well, yeah, we're going to choose MFL or we're going to choose, you know, whoever. And what I mean by that is that, you know, with MFL, for example, when we decided to choose them and we decided to go with them, we basically were um, going, were taking on a product where we ourselves, had to be the the commissioners uh, um, from the from the begin from from the start to the finish. In other words, we had to program uh, each league. We had to right. Uh, you know, we had to set all the parameters. We right. had to build all the leaderboards. We had to do everything on our own. And it's not because MFL didn't. Uh, didn't want to offer it. It, they, it simply, at the time, 
um, Mike Hall, uh, you know, it's just that's just not something he he offered. Provided, him. right? He's just not something he provided, uh, and it's not really something that we were even looking for because I think uh, being cost conscious at the time, uh, we said to ourselves, we said to ourselves, look, you know, yeah, you know, Dave could handle. You know, Dave said, look, I could handle all this stuff, and and uh, you know, we were looking at maybe you know thirty, forty leagues in 2008 and we said yeah we can handle this this is no big deal we'll get someone to build up the leaderboards you know and and yeah obviously in in a playoffs league playoffs we have to reseed the teams yeah we could do all that you know that that's no problem so we we went forward that way but then once the contest any contest begins to grow then you start to realize look hold on a second you're getting to 60 70 80 100 100 leagues maybe six, seven, eight, ten different formats. I'm talking about, you know, actual formats where you have the different size regular season, the different length of the regular season. You have the head-to-head leagues. You have the uh, draft expert leagues. You have a whole bunch of these different leagues, and every one of them needs to be handled differently as far as the, uh, the league playoffs, and some don't have league playoffs, and some have head-to-head, and some have total points. I mean, it, it just becomes crazy. How do you how do you manage that all on your own with a product, you know, like like MFL with a hundred leagues? I mean, it, it's 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 doable, of course, obviously, but it's just it becomes an incredible and incredible, um, uh, incredible uh, amount of work, and obviously it increases your um, the potential, you know, to have errors, and you know that's something that you know we totally. Uh, don't want to allow it to happen. So uh, I guess where I'm going with this is uh, in this year we kind of realized that if we were to stay with MFL, and, and certainly staying with MFL was in consideration, by the way. Uh, it, was, it was definitely in consideration. Now, I'll get to uh, the other aspect of, of, of this whole uh, story in a little bit, but from, you, from the usability point of view, uh, you know, we were ready to go with them because, you know, uh, we, we we do have additional. I mean, we hired Chris Lambert, and, and and you know, we were prepared to to commit to the time if necessary to manage all these leagues. But at the same time, we said to ourselves, well, you know, maybe we should really look at other uh, league providers or, or or league commissioners that could offer us a white label product, and the white label product is, if, if your listeners haven't heard that term before, basically that's what the other, some of the other big contests have always used. The white label product is something that's basically developed and built, configured, formatted specifically for the contest. Okay? So instead of us managing each league individually, the contest, the uh, the league uh, commissioner, basically does that for the contest, mm-hmm. and, and that's where RT comes in, and that's what RT is going to do for us. That's what they've been doing for the other contests, and doing very successfully, I might add, and doing very well. Um, I mean, as far as that goes, they, you know, they are a highly, a highly reliable um, uh, company, and, and and a service. So. You know, basically that that was um, why we at some at, at some point started to consider them 
was because the FFCC was growing and, and we thought that uh, this was something that had to be considered. So we're looking at growth. We're, we're listening to Alex Kaganowski of the Fantasy Football Players Championship speaking about his choice and their choice of RT Sports as their new back-end provider. Um, Alex, I guess we could take this in a lot of directions. We uh, Let me just start with uh, specifically, uh, besides the obviously long-term commitment that you see uh, from RT Sports because of the many services that they provide you guys uh, that will make things easier for the growth, um, Talk, talk to us about stats and, and how they are in this discussion of uh, league providers and, and licensing fees. They, they sound pretty powerful in this whole thing. Well, yeah, and, and here's where we get into this entirely new uh, area of, uh, of this discussion and, you know, just basically of this topic. And... Um, when, again, I'll go back to 2008 really quick. When we made the decision to go with MFL, it was, at the time, we were like, okay, we're going to go with MFL, like I said, and that was it. We, you know, contacted Mike Hall, and we said, look, this is who we are, and, and uh, can, you know, can you host leagues for us? He said, sure, great, wonderful. And, um, you know, there was no discussion of, you know, stat. We had, at the time, we had no idea. I mean, we knew who stats were because they provided uh, uh, the back-end support for the NFFC product at the time. But beyond that, we didn't know who, the, you know, who they were and what they did. And um, in 2009, at the end of the 2000, this is a very, actually a pretty interesting uh, little anecdote. Let, let, me, let, me, uh, <laughs> let me tell you the story. At the end of the 2008 season, after the first FFCC season concluded, uh, you know, Dave and I started talking, and we said to ourselves, you know, maybe we should, you know, just try to, to see what else is out there. Because, you know, it looks like we, we did okay in year one, and, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a good chance that we could start growing in year two. Let's find out, you know, who else is there. Why don't we contact this company, Stats? And uh, why don't we say to them, I mean, they're already – uh, provide the back end to the NFFC at the time, just before they were bought out by Sambo. Um, and why don't we say to them, hey, look, you already have this back end basically built for the NFFC. Obviously, we have a little bit of a different scoring system. We have slightly different formats here and there, you know, 12 team versus 14. But overall, you know, we basically need to have the same needs. You know, we have the blind bidding, we have the the, the overall leaderboards, we have, you know, I mean, it's basically the same thing. Why don't we call them up? Why don't we say, hey, why don't you, you know, can you guys uh, host and support our contest? Can you guys uh, uh, give us a quote for a white label product? And we did. And we called them up. Uh, this was maybe around uh, March of 2009. And we said, we, we gave them basically that exact request. We said, look, you guys, you guys have this, this thing built out. You know, why don't you give us a quote? And they, you know, we had a nice little conversation for about 40 minutes and told them our needs, told them about our, what we have. And later on, they came back with a quote. And I'll give you, I'll give you a guess. It was a two-year two quote. I'll give you a guess uh, what their quote was for us, the FFPC, to provide a league commissioner product, a two-year quote. You want to take a guess? Tendering. 
Say again? Ten grand. Ten grand. Uh, all right. Well, if you added a zero to that number, you would you would you would have been you would have been incorrect. So Wow. Right. You would have been incorrect. So they gave us a number that we I mean, we thought they were joking, quite frankly. We thought it was a joke. You know, and, and we basically treated it as a joke because we said to us, all right, you know, that they can't be serious. They probably misunderstood. And we left it at that. You know, we said, you know, okay, we just might as well continue with MFL. We, you know, we like MFL. And and uh, there's really no need to to uh, go elsewhere at the time. And surely enough, about four months later, in July, we get a call or an email from uh, Mike Hall, who's the uh, the owner of MFL, and he tells us, guys, um, uh, you need to, uh, I don't know what, you know, we, I got a call from Stats, and uh, there may be an issue with me hosting the leaks. And I said, uh, we said, well, what do you mean, what kind of issue? And he said, well, since they are the stat provider to MFL, um, the actual statistical provider, to the game right. statistics provider to MFL, they and you are a, a commercial entity, commercial uh, event, that they um, feel that they can uh, they can demand a licensing fee from you directly. That's what he explained to us. And we were like, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? We pay you, you know, to host our leagues. Well, what does Stats have to do? Stats has a contract with you. What do we have to do with this, you know? And he said, you know, look, I mean, that's just the way it is. And uh, and this was July. This is July of last year. So in July of last year, we have, we're, we're, we're basically looking at, uh, you know, our contest, you know, going full speed ahead at, the, at that point. And, you know, we're hit with this brick, basically, uh, that, you know, you <laughs> you guys stay tuned because, you know, who knows how much you're going to have to cough up for this licensing fee. And mm -hmm. now, and, and you know, now think back to the to our conversation with Stats uh, four months earlier, you know, after they gave us the number that they've given us. So we're, <laughs> we're saying to ourselves, oh, my God, you know, if, if that number is anywhere near what they gave us back then, or even half of it, or even a third of it, I mean, we're screwed. So, make a long story short, um, Mike actually uh, handled the situation for us, and I don't know how he did, but uh, however he did it, he was managed, was able to negotiate uh, the the uh, the issue for us with stats. And, and and by the way, it was very frustrating because. Here we are, you know, the stats didn't call us. They didn't call us and say, hey, you, you know, we need this licensing fee. They called him and said basically that he can't host us without us paying them the licensing fee. So sure. so it was just, it was really, you know, we felt like we, we got caught between a rock and a hard place. Uh, but, uh, you know, in the end, Mike did a great job, and he, you know, he, uh, he basically saved us. He saved our ass, uh, quite frankly, in 2009. And uh, uh, we, you know, financially, we did not, it, it, it did not cost us anywhere near 
what we thought it may have caught it was going to cost us. So we, you know, went forward with the 2009 season, but that was the first time that we heard of stats inc. And that was the first time we realized that I that there and and I don't know if if the, you know this was what was um, you know um, how, how this whole situation used to be handled prior to us you know finding out about it, but at that point in time we're like oh my god you know this is something we need to deal with. So for the 2010 season we realized that we had to go to Statsing and negotiate that licensing fee for the right to continue using. My fantasy league. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, at that point, we already knew we, you know, we couldn't count on Mike, Mike Hall to bail us out, so we had to go to them, and we did. And we did, and and we negotiated with uh, with Stats, and uh, the licensing fee is on top of what you know the fees that we would have to pay to to MFL, and it would be on top of all the leaderboards that we'd have to we would have to build. And it would be in addition to the fact, as I explained, that MFL is not a white-label product, that we would still have to manage our own leagues, we would still have to create our own leagues, we would have to still have to program everything. So, so basically, we would, and we would be using the same exact league that you, Scott, or anyone, any one of your listeners could go and purchase from MFL for $79.99 or whatever it is. We would be using that same league or those same leagues, except we would have to pay a licensing fee to stats, a, a five-figure licensing fee to stats, a hefty five-figure licensing fee to stats. So yeah, licensing fees are common, uh, you know, in uh, technology industries. Well, probably just about all industries. I mean, I know we're in a, you know, our our industry. We have to pay a, a per seat license, you know, for the for the seats that, uh, you know, our fundraisers uh, employ because we're using these dialogic cards and, uh, you know, you just have to get all these licenses per user. Did they, did they present it in that light, ask you how many how many players you have, and then they kind of did some math behind the scenes and presented that number, or did they just not give you any details at all, just threw out a number? Uh, I think they have their numbers that they basically expect to, to get, and, you know, which is fine. You know, that that's totally fine, except... The FFPC was um, created from to, in 2008 uh, with the payouts that we have and, and continue to have through this year, uh, based on a certain uh, on a certain um, business plan. And at the time, the business plan was did not did not include uh, hefty five-figure licensing fee. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, and in 2009, when we found out in, in July of 2009 that we may be up against uh, having to pay this licensing fee as well. We, we, we you know, our, our business uh, plan uh, did not include, um, uh, did not include that. So, and also, but here's the interesting thing, though. The interesting thing is the licensing fee doesn't, in, in particular case with MFL, it, it doesn't, it, it's not like uh, you're getting something from stats that is not already being provided to MFL, and that's what kind of killed us. I mean, not killed us, but that, that's what really angered us. It's like, you know, you, you're you're going to charge us this huge licensing fee, and basically, 
for something that you're already providing to MFL. You know, so it was uh, it was really frustrating for us. And the negotiations, they they you know, I mean they negotiated a little bit, but there's very little room for negotiation with Stats. I mean it would be like it would be like you you know uh, I don't know Scott, it would be like you calling uh, you know uh, Sirius Radio and, and negotiating with them, or you know I, I don't know with NFL with NFL or Sirius Radio and negotiating with them and expecting them to be flexible with you. So. Um, that's kind of how it went. And now to take a, to take it a step further, so then we said, well, look, if that's how it's going to be, and if these are the type of numbers now we're looking at it, and this is basically uh, basically the way things are going to work, then we need to start looking at a possibility of um, going to a white label product, and a white label product that's uh, not using Stats Inc. because then we would have to pay Stats Inc. and pay for the white label. Product. I mean, it was, now we're talking about just simply going out of business. Um, and that's where RT came in. And the great thing about RT is is that they offer uh, they offered us um, different stat- statistical game statistical providers that we could use. And one of those would be stats, uh, and, and that's what they use. And another one is called XML Team, and then they have a third one, which escapes me the name. And uh, obviously there's a, there's a major price difference. So uh, the XML Team uh, is the one that, uh, that we were offered, and uh, that's the one that, uh, that we went with. And, uh, and just so you listeners understand, the, the statistical data provider really has very little impact. I, I I am certain that many of your listeners and many of the FFPC players and many of high-stakes fantasy football players have played in leagues or maybe even contests that have used other stats providers besides Stats, stats Inc. and don't even know it. So uh, all, all it is is just basically – Stats Inc. is the uh, the granddaddy of them all, and they are the most trusted data data uh, game provi- stats provider. Uh, these other guys are a little bit newer, and they are growing and they are you know earning their reputation. Uh, but they're basically doing the same thing that Stats is doing, and there's virtually no difference that players see. Uh, uh, during you know, on Sunday or on, on on Monday night, they virtually see no difference as far as uh, uh, the way the stats are coming through. That sounds like the Godfather or Scarface, the 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 the, the lean, the muscle. They sound like the big guys on the block. <laughs> well, they they are, you know. And look, they have every right to be. I mean, I think they they provide um, game stats to like everybody. I mean. Um, I, I don't know who, but I know I, maybe like NFL.com. I mean, they provide it to everybody, you know. So, you know, they're huge. They're they're huge, and they're the number one, and and uh, they value their product, and they they put a certain value, you know, they they put a certain uh, price on their product, and that's totally fine. You know, uh, don't get me wrong. I am in no way uh, trying to paint uh, Stats as you know some sort of a demon here at all. 
you know, this is just uh, it's just the way things are, you know. And uh, it was it was just surprising to find out. We're listening to Alex Kaganowski from the Fantasy Football Players Championship. Let's move to RC Sports. That's the future of the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And I'm sure you told them about the bidding concerns that you guys had. What did they tell you about their bidding features? Uh, okay, let's move to RT Sports. So uh, we did reach out to RT Sports, and we said, uh, we said, look, guys, uh, you know, um, what is uh, what what is the story with as far as uh, what are the what are the possibilities? We said, what are the possibilities as far as um, doing something about your blind bidding interface? And they said, um, well, what are you looking for? And we said, well, what we're looking for, and it's not necessarily us particularly, but just based on the feedback that we've heard from, um, you know, players who've used your product, uh, we're looking to improve, uh, um, we're looking to add Groups, bidding groups, and also we're looking to allow um, for players to set their priority of bids based on order and not necessarily the amount of the bid. So, in other words, those of you who right. used RT in the past know very well that if you uh, if you have a player that you're going to pick up for five hundred dollars that week, okay. He's going to be your num- and he is your high, you know, the num- the highest bid. He's going to be your number one priority. There's no way around it. Uh, you cannot put um, you cannot put him as your number two priority or number three or or to make it simple, if you have uh, if you have a um, a bid for two dollars and the next bid is for one dollar, the two dollar bid will always be priority one. The one dollar bid will always be priority two. Okay, and and I think a lot of the high-stakes fantasy football players know that that really takes away from the flexibility because sometimes, you know, you want to set your number one priority as, you know, somebody that you're trying to steal maybe for 10 20 bucks, and if you don't get them, then, you know, you, you're going to back them up with somebody that you're willing to pay maybe 100 bucks for, you know, just basically a strategy like that. But uh, getting back to RT, uh, when we explained that to them, they said, sure. We could do that. And we said, great. Um, then we said, uh, how about making the bids available, making the, the, the bids available for all to see once they're processed? They said, are you sure you want to do that? Uh, we said, yeah. They said, great. We could do that too. So right there, I mean, when we were given those, those three answers, uh, that those three things um, uh, were possible, we basically said to ourselves, okay, RT has just become, you know, the the most viable option for us. Um, and then when we we spoke some more, you know, they've given us a lot more answers that we really really liked. Um, so, you know, we were we were incredibly happy with uh, with some of the answers that they were giving us. So, and we're incredibly happy that we're right now signed with them. And and. I need to touch this on. I don't know if you if you have the questions lined up. I don't know how much time we have left, but I need to touch to touch on this very important aspect. I know that players ask, "Well, what are the other options?" Okay, what what are the other options? And I, I guess that's the uh, 
it's only natural that they would ask, well, what were the other options? So obviously I covered the MFL, obviously I covered RT. But what are the uh, other options for us, for example? And quite frankly, the other options were, were um, almost non-options. And because uh, contrary to the individual commissioner, where you could go to ESPN or you could go to AOL and you could go to uh, Fanstar, you could go to uh, you know naming you know 20 other league league uh, commissioners. You could go anywhere you want. You could get the free ones. You could get the pay CBS Sports Line and pay them. You could do whatever you want. We do not have that luxury. Obviously, there is now that you you know about the stats issue. Now you know about the white label product issue. Now you know about the the fact that we had to manage format and all the leagues on our own that aspect of it. So there's so much that goes into, you know, our end and so much that we have to consider that that limits our options basically down to, quite frankly, a handful. And then if you really start breaking it down, it leaves you, if you're lucky, two or three options. And that's basically what we had. And our two or three options in the end, our two or three options in the end, were RT, staying with MFL, and we, we had another option, which, quite frankly, I don't, you know, there's really no point in mentioning, but that that was it. That was it. There, you know, there was a CBS Sportsline and, and uh, you know, uh, ESPN.com and, uh, or, or any other product was, was, was certainly not an option. It was not even in the conversation. RT Sports is the partner for the Fantasy Football Players Championship for the uh, near future and, and the future, uh, the foreseeable future. Um, we had a question in the chat room from one of the uh, the players. I'm going to try to pull it up and give credit where credit's Rampo, he asked a, a, a pretty good question. Alex, he said, hey, what, are there concerns that, or are there guarantees, um, are there expectations for when those rosters will be loaded in to RT Sports, considering that they have to also load in the World Championship rosters on that Saturday, or, and, and, and also yours coming up on that Friday and Saturday. So, are the expectations to be able to have those rosters in uh, by Monday after those first set of games, so that scoring is available, or, or how soon do you expect that? Uh, it's a good question. Uh, as far as I understand, those responsibilities do not um, uh, are not RTs, uh, as far as I understand. Those are our responsibilities. Um, and uh, those of you who have played with us in 2008 and 2009 know that uh, we've done a pretty good job as far as loading rosters. Um, okay, okay. As a matter of fact. So, so they, they're doing the, the, their wide label product sets up the lead, you load the rosters. Well, we, we are going to load the rosters from our live drafts. You know, they're mm -hmm. not going to be there for our live drafts. You know, so we still yeah. have to, right, we still have to load those live rosters, or somebody has to, and, and it, yeah, it is going to be us. Alex Kaganowski from the FFPC breaking down the RT Sports selection. Alex, are there any other comments that you'd like to make before we, we go here tonight? I appreciate you coming on Red vs. Blue for us. Uh, the other comment I'd like to make is actually somebody, I forget who, I, I read a post today, and uh, someone made a great, uh, a great comment that uh, you know, as far as us choosing RT, you know, it, besides all the uh, everything that I've covered today, 
I mean, there is there is another issue. I mean, there is the point that yeah, they are powering our competitor, uh, and you know, it, it was not easy for us to choose RT because of that reason. You know, knowing that reason. So the fact that we chose RT, I think, should knowing that they are powering our competitor, should give you guys, uh, you know, another reason why, you know, we we really thought about it long and hard, and and weighed out all our options, and and we did uh, realize that RT was by far, by far, uh, the best uh, the best option, all things considered, all things considered, by far, and 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 uh, we're looking forward to them. Uh, Providing us a really good product. Alex Kaganowski from the FFPC, thanks for joining us tonight. And uh, any other questions, we'll just go ahead and post them on your forums. You can find them at myffpc.com. Alex, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, guys. Uh, Red versus Blue has had a, a big night thanks to uh, Glenn Schroeder and Alex Kaganowski joining uh, Red versus Blue tonight. We will be back next week. We are going to span the globe again next Friday and bring you all of the uh, information we possibly can from around the league from our high-stakes veterans. So we appreciate you guys joining Red vs. Blue. July 4th is this weekend. Let's remember our Independence Day, uh, what it really means. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave you guys with what we started with, uh, the Pledge of Allegiance like you've never heard before. I. Me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standards, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom, wherever she waves, there's respect. Because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts, freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threat, fear, or some sort of retaliation, and justice, the principles are qualities of dealing fairly with us. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country. 
and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance. Under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too?